<clears throat> All right, three, two, one. Hello and welcome to the Inner Gamer episode 303. We are the video game source for you, the casual gamer. My name is Braganowski. And I'm Austin Morales. And this week on the Inner Gamer podcast, we're back in the podcast room, IRL. What, 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 what would you think? Who would have thought? Yes, he doesn't can't like see me escaping away, but yes, he doesn't like me. Uh, <laughs> in the games this week, we dive into deep spoilers for The Last of Us Part Two, why the story works and why it doesn't. And for the gaming news, we jump into Battlefield Six, maybe heavily influenced by Battlefield Three, along with a report of Apple VR headset is in production, which is absolutely insane. Resident Evil Village had a showcase and revealed a lot of stuff, including when it, when it's coming out. And Microsoft announced a price hike for Xbox Live Gold, and the community responded and said, No! We will not have no. it. And for a discussion topic, we talk about if we were stranded on a desert island and we may or may have may not have internet, what game would we pick to play for the rest of our lives as we withered away with coconuts and crabs and water? I don't know. That's, That's right. Desert Survivor style. Yeah. Camera crew everywhere. <laughs> so without further ado, cue that music! Welcome to the It is January 26, 2021. Welcome to the Inner Gamer Podcast. For first-time listeners, welcome to the show. We make this podcast for our fans. So if you ever have any feedback, please email us at hellotheinnergamer.net. If you're a return visitor, thank you for sticking with us. If you want to make the show better, please consider donating or simply sharing this episode with a friend. You can visit theinnergamer.net slash donate. That is slash donate yeah. to contribute. Yeah, do that. Also, of course, you definitely want to tune in and watch us every single Wednesday at twitch.tv slash the inner gamer cast where we go streaming a variety stream of all kinds of games. Last week, we played several rounds of Warzone. It was a lot of fun, which we'll be talking about later on this podcast. But if you want to see that, make sure you go to twitch.tv slash inner gamer cast. Hit that follow button, subscribe button, whatever. If you want to subscribe with your prime subscription, we would be very happy that you would do that for us. But you can also just like, you know, follow so you can get updates as they come around. Yeah. So. How about the little guys? We need it. Exactly. Yeah, we're the we're the Twitch little guys. Works against us. <laughs> yes, they do. They're like, no, They're we like, don't need those you. guys. No, <laughs> not about those guys. Um, but uh, yeah, let's talk about some games we've been playing. So um, this is kind of leftover a little bit from the end of 2020. But I want to talk about this. So I want to get off my chest. So I've been thinking about it a lot. It's been on my mind for a while, and that is the Last of Us Part Two. So we had our game of the year discussion beginning of the year. Thanks. Th- shout out to uh, Jason who joined us for that conversation. Lots of fun. Um, and as you probably heard, we all gave Game of the Year to Ghost of Tsushima. Um, that was very intentional. Like that was definitely, in our opinion, the Game of the Year, de facto Game of the Year. That was all of our Games of the Year, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's oh what yeah. I, I was thinking across that, the board. Yeah. Nothing then, better than it. Yeah. Besides, yeah. well, other people may argue with us. Right. So there was there was definitely a lot of people out there that were like, you know, The Last of Us Part Two basically took all the awards throughout the year. So I wanted to do a kind of this is a spoiler cast. So if you have not beat The Last of Us Part Two, you now have the opportunity to go in our show notes of our podcast, click on the next topic, which will be Warzone. Click on that and it'll take you to that time code or just fast forward to that time code. And then you can skip this Last of Us Part Two discussion. But there will be spoilers so if you haven't beat The Last of Us Part 2, now is the time to skip forward. Brad, I haven't beat it. <laughs> Unless you don't care to <laughs> care about the ending. That's true. And 
true. or like don't don't care to beat it. I've been spoiled or watch it. Yeah, Austin's been spoiled, so you're the exception. I so, am the yeah. exception. So if you don't care, if you're not going to finish it, then you can also stick around and listen to our conversation about that's right why we think it was good, but also why we think that it didn't deserve Game of the Year for many reasons. So yeah, that's what we're going to dive into a little yeah. bit. Because um, when we first reviewed this game, we talked about how The Last of Us Part Two. We, we had played it like five-ish hours. We hadn't fully finished it out. And now I've gone through the whole game. It took me just under 30 hours to beat. Um, and I've completed everything, done all the stuff that's in there, and have a lot to say about it. Good. So Let's get into it. Tell me. Let's dive think? in. You let's hate it? In. Oh, I knew it. No, yeah. I'm kidding. So The First Last of Us, like I, I thought was really, really good. And I had played it right before the last was part two came out intentionally nice because i wanted to just like get in that story find out why people loved it so much which i did find out very quickly why they loved it so much because those characters were incredible um and then lead straight into last was part two and as i mentioned the first podcast that we talked about this game having completed that like literally a week or two before i started last was part two the way that they kicked off the last of us part two i felt like was really broken because they just thrust you into the story, having you uh, kind of expecting you to remember all the things. And even for me not having played it for a couple of weeks, I forgot a lot of like little details and stuff like that. But it's like you're assumed to know who Tommy is. You're assumed to know who all these characters are that were like not main characters, but supporting characters. And there was no like last time on The Last of Us part last was part one yeah and i felt like they should have done us a service the service a service of a five minute here's what you well here's what happened just like you would in a movie like just give us a recap right so what i did immediately after that happened was i went back onto youtube and looked up exactly what should have been in the game which was what happened last was part one yeah even though i just finished it and then they also thrust you into this world of like now that you know you've been in this this crazy, you know, apocalypse for so long. Um, Joel and Ellie are now in this this town. Like they've they've started a civilization. They've started a life here. Um, they know a lot of people. There's like people growing stuff. There's this, that, whatever. And that's all about twenty minutes of the thirty hour game. And then you never come back there again. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so we've just been introduced to this whole community of people. There's all this stuff happening here. You give me a 30 hour game and spend all, I mean, I, I kid you not, there were probably maybe an hour of that whole entire sequence of those people being introduced and then it's just gone. And granted, that's not the main plot point, but I still feel like that was such an important piece of helping to kind of give some yeah, more support they, to yeah. their intent of all the characters going right. forward. That's why I said one of the times we talked about this. But you, you didn't get a sense of Joel. And I think that's a big thing if you're going to kill someone off. Like, yeah. you know who they are. You need to love that character if you're about to kill them off. Yeah. And we got to see a little bit of Joel and a little bit of him. And people complained that, you know, when he came across uh, Abby, that he wouldn't have been so willing to tell her all these stuff. And, and I was like, yeah, I, I could see that. And, you know, maybe he's a changed man, but we didn't get to see how he's progressed over time. Right. And that's just, for me, it was already a big red flag. I was like, man. And we obviously get to the part where he gets killed. And it's just like, well, the fuck just happened? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where we're going right. I mean, I know where we're going. It just happens so quick. And it's the beginning. It's like the first three hours of the game or whatever. Yeah. Not even that. I mean, it was probably, probably like, not. It's probably like two. Yeah. yeah. It was, I agree with that, too, because it's like 
then like soon after, like you get in the game, you kind of have like a brief second of like, here's all this stuff that's happening. Abby shows up, you play as her. It's like, who the fuck is this character that I'm playing? I don't know anything about this woman. And then you're just following her through the woods. And then you get in a situation where you see her kill Joel. You don't know why. You don't know what she's there for. You just know that she killed Joel and Ellie's pissed off. Yeah. And now she's on a revenge story. So that cues up. This is a revenge story for Ellie. And she's going to go after and kill her, the killer of, yeah. of whoever. Because I feel like there was like this gradual incline of like things happening. Then Joel dies was like the peak. And then we like we, we drop off of action. And it's just like setting Ellie up now to go on this revenge story. So like we've already yeah. got the top of this one hill dropped down to zero. And now we're going to ramp back up. Yeah, and I was just like, "That's." I don't think that's how you tell a story. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I guess there, there are there are peaks and valleys when you tell a story. If you want to put it on a chart, a line chart, and um, I just felt like we dropped down too too much. Yeah, because there is like the the inciting incident that gets the character to go on an adventure, and that was it. And it technically it works on paper, but I don't think it worked on actual coming. Yeah, coming putting in the game. Well, then the other part that I thought was weird you know now that i look back on it it's like there was there was one moment and this is kind of like this is like a naughty dog formula i guess because if you look at uncharted 4 there was one moment in uncharted 4 where you had an opportunity to enter an open area and explore that area freely and they did the same thing here in the last of us part two where like immediately after this happens you go get dina um you you go on this revenge path you're going out there and there was like a couple moments where you kind of like learn more about like her their relationship and like what that's going to develop into. And then pretty quickly you're in Seattle and you're in an open area and you kind of go, they say it's any path you want in that area, but really it's, it's kind of linear. Like yeah. I feel like even though I felt like I had the freedom of choice, I really didn't have the freedom of choice as I ended up going a path that I felt like was designed for me to go. Right. right. But there was all of that stuff that happened there, but then that, that was that one time and then you never do it again. But that was kind of like the fulcrum because that was that section of Seattle where the theater was, was kind of like a kind of a driving center point for like the, the next half of the game mm-hmm. until you get to Abby's story, which we'll talk more later on, but late, like halfway through the game, you're then switch back to Abby and get to see from her perspective, the same events that just unfolded from day one through day three with Ellie's story. Um, but the, a couple of things I just want to want to touch on about this game that I thought were really good is like, I mean, all the new characters that they introduced in this game, I really enjoyed. Like, I didn't have a beef with any of them from Lev, uh, which there was some people that complained about that. But the fact that they introduced this new uh, civilization or this group of people that were the um, the uh, oh shit, what are they called? I'm blank blank on the name right now. You have the wolves, and then you have the. Uh, Shit, what are they, the freaking name of the hooded people? Like, why am I blanking on the I name right now? Some okay. religious group, right? The religious group, yeah. yeah. The, the, their, their name, I'm gonna, it's, it's going to come to me at some point. But um, they were part of that group, and there's a point where Abby meets them, like meets two of them from that group, and uh, they save her life. And then she also wants to work to save their life. Uh, and kind of builds a bond with them. Scars, that's who they are, the Scars. So um, Seraphites is what their proper name is, but Scars is the the name that the wolves gave them. But they meet these two people, and there's this like bond created with that, and it kind of helps to humanize Abby a bit, uh, which there was always some humanization that happened prior to that. But like that character being introduced was really interesting to me, and then I feel like 
the introduction of uh, the Asian guy who, again, I forget his name too. I'm, I should have wrote all these names down, but I think he was a good character. I think Dina was a great character addition. I think the, the, the relationship that, that she had with Ellie was really interesting throughout the whole course of the story. And she was just kind of a good grounding for Ellie, who was just basically off her rails most of the game. But um, that was all really good and well-developed. And then you have, like, the game itself was just gorgeous. Like, every moment of that, I was like, oh, yeah. screenshot, 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 video, this, that, whatever. Because, I mean, hands down, best-looking game on the PS4. Um, even, I think, it's better-looking than Ghost of Tsushima. As much as I love the stylistic oh, yeah, vistas yeah. of that, I, I, I think I think The Last of Us definitely just, like, really captured every single piece. But it was, like, set pieces, and they were confined, so they were allowed to put more detail right. in every area. Um, and, uh, all of that was, was awesome. But I mean, going through the story, oh, another thing, music and our production top notch, like the whole acoustic, like let's have acoustic music. That was not only like a plot device, but then also just like part of the score to like set the tone and mood throughout the game, um, was really, really cool. And just interesting to see that culminate from like the very beginning being like, music with Joel and Ellie to like the very end of like a music sequence of like, here's a guitar. That's like the last thing that you see before like they cut credits and stuff like that. It was just really cool that they had that as like this very simple, like plot device that carried on throughout the whole entire story. But going back to the original, like let's go on the destination, tracking down Abby, let's go find her and kill her, etc. There's this whole process of like her and her head being upset and conflicted with she doesn't know what this person was doing and then she's finding all these wolves like she's just like killing everybody and I'm like they've started this civilization and it's they I guess these wolves are bad but they don't really they don't really set up the fact that the wolves are bad people. Exactly. But she kind of just like goes straight into like, I don't care about any of these people that are in front of me. Even though we've started a civilization of civility, let's just kill all the wolves. And they didn't shoot first. I think she shot first at them trying to get to Abby because she was just pissed off at everybody. And yeah. then they obviously start shooting because it's like there's this person tracking them down. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously Abby did kill the joel but it's like that was one person and the other ones clearly had like they didn't want her to do what she did as much as she did like the people that were around her which we later learn who they are um they didn't necessarily want that to happen to the level that it did but yeah it is what it is it happened and that's that was that but i think yeah you can use the unknown to your advantage and people use it all the time in storytelling like we don't know who these people are what they want or what has happened Maybe Abby shouldn't even have been there at that moment to kill Joel. Maybe they, you know, fucked up his brother and they messed him up pretty, pretty bad. And Ellie came in and they take him. They don't kill him there. They take him. And now Ellie has to go and find Joel. But obviously by the time she finds him, either she witnesses him getting killed or he's already dead by the time she finds him. And then that can, I mean, you're already, I mean, that's like your second, um, plot point that might not be the exact term for it but you know i think that'd be a a better story it's like you have hope and now to the point where you know she's like i gotta go get revenge right and that the person in charge of the town's like you know she kind of puts up a fight like you shouldn't go but then she's like i know you're going so you know here's some horses and stuff go ahead like they could have been more of like hey we can't i know joel's 
the dad to you and stuff like this, but we need everyone here to help provide for the community. Cause if you go like we're down two people, we need you to, you know, get your posts. Like you really like, there needs to be a, some struggle there, but it was just kind of like, all right, go ahead. And then they go. Yeah. And so if that would have happened with what I'm saying, maybe her leaving would have been like more of a, like, okay, she's really doing the wrong thing, but you understand why she has to go. You know, maybe they're just like, we're going to leave Joel out there. We can't afford to go get him. Yeah. And that would have put so much more tension on everything. Yeah. And they had a little bit of it where like, you know, Tommy kind of ran off first and like, yeah, she was also going after Tommy, but that it's not the same as if like, if they had captured yeah. Joel, I think that would have been an interesting, I feel like that could have been more impactful because like it yeah. was just so abrupt and sudden. It's like, exactly. You're playing as Abby. You're going through this thing with no real understanding of why you're doing what you're doing and why you're playing as her. And you get to the point where, like, literally the person you just played just goes and, like, beats him in the head with a golf club. And it's like, well, you fuck, no I just idea. played that person. You I was no pissed idea what's off. what's going on. Um, and Joel's being all nice to her. I thought it was going to be one of those things where, well, I guess we kind of knew she was looking for Joel. Mm-hmm. We just didn't know why. But if it was yeah. to the point where she's like, he just saved my life. I'm not going to kill him right now. I thought it was going to be like, hey, come with us to the town. And they all go into the town. And they're like... We know we're here to kill Joel. And then maybe they just take him in the middle of the night or something, you know, and like yeah. gain his trust. Maybe like raid the, vi- like do some stuff to sabotage the village that they're in. Like that would have been way more impactful. I, mean, I think it would have been interesting if like he was going out on a a hunt with Tommy or whatever. And then the next morning they wake up and find out he never came back. And it's yeah. like, now we got to track him down. And like Tommy had seen some people that took him. And it's like, yeah. That is their their that's goal. Incident, so that's a yeah. drive. So that's that's still a revenge story because like fuck you that's just right. took Joel. Yeah. And then you get there and you see him die in front of you after that pursuit. That right. I think that would have been definitely a better kind of way to kind of do that same thing. Right. Because people are complaining that Joel shouldn't have died, and it's yeah. one of those things I've said it before. You know, if Joel dies, you know that's fine. You know, he's he probably should die as an older man anyway. But it's all about how you do it. Yeah. And I think that's why the fans feel like it was wrong. They were yeah. wrong. And I'm okay. Yeah, I mean, like, me personally, like, I was fine with him dying. Like, I thought Joel was a great character. Yeah. But they they had they still let his spirit live on throughout the course of the story because they kept having flashbacks back to, like, moments with Joel, which I thought was really nice because there was, like, a point where they go back to a moment where way back in the day where Ellie took Joel or Jelly, Joel took Ellie for, I think it was for her birthday, yeah, to a like museum that was out in the middle of nowhere that was science um, museum science museum to show her like dinosaurs and all this stuff and like get in this little spaceship and just a really touching good moment of their connection and their bond and there was another point later on where like she comes to talk to him on the porch um about why basically like why did you lie to me why did you do what you did and he gives like a reason for it and she's like he was like i I hope at some point you can forgive me. Like, I don't like the, cause they were just like, she was not about him because of the fact. And what she told him was that I was upset that you did that because had I died, I died for a reason. And that's what she was hoping for is that I died with purpose. And so she that, stole that from him or he stole that from her, which she was upset about. Cause the first scene is Joel bringing her a guitar and she's still young and yeah. they're chatting. Is that like, 
during this that is time? like three quarters in the game. Right, like, right. But is that flashback similar to like is that during that time is like Ellie younger? No, this is older. This okay, is like so this yeah. Is, okay, I got gotcha. you. This is before he died, but it's way. It's like when he's old and she's like, this is right before they go off to yeah. hunt Joel's killer. Because I feel like that first scene was also an issue too. Like Ellie was really distant, and Joel's trying to be there, like be a father, and like look at this guitar. And I think you know the scene turns out where they're pretty chill with each other, but. I was just like, what yeah. is going on? Like, I don't even that know what was they're the, setting up. Well, so that was the thing that, that it was also confusing is because like you didn't really know why she was so distant with him. Yeah, because I didn't. Exactly. I mean, because she didn't. I didn't know, or maybe I did. I don't know, but I I feel like I didn't know that at that point in time that Joel had told her the real reason. But the reason why she was upset is because now she knows a real reason. Right in that moment, and that's why she was so pissed off. But you didn't find that out until like. At least I don't think I found that out until three fourths of the way in the game. Yeah. When they have that conversation, you see like him talk about like, well, she, somebody told her, I don't know who told her, but she found out. And then she, that's why she's pissed off at him is because he took that from her, took that choice from her that she wanted to have. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a whole conflict situation there, but going back to like, so halfway through the game, like after you play through Ellie, you get to this point where you're tracking down Ellie um, you get to the aquarium, which becomes a big plot point. Um, and it's like kind of like how the theater is like a, a staple location for Ellie's story. Um, the um, aquarium is like a staple location for Abby's story. And that's kind of like a big part where you see like different time periods of that whole place happening and occurring and different story bits that are going on through that whole area. But when you get there, you find this girl and this guy. Again, I'm forgetting names, which I should remember. But they were together. But then Abby was like that guy was into Abby and wanted to be with Abby. And they wanted to escape because he the whole time had this goal of going to Santa Monica because that's where fireflies were supposedly rebuilding and having a new base. And he was like, we're with the wolves, which is a lot of fireflies joined the wolves. But they didn't really like he didn't feel like he had a bond here. Like he felt more about what the fireflies bleeds in and stuff like that. So he mm-hmm. wanted to go to Santa Monica to join them and was trying to get Abby to come with him. And um, in this moment, when Ellie gets here, she sees the two of them and is like, where the heck is Abby? I don't need Abby, blah, blah, blah. They know who she is. Ellie gets pissed off. She kills both of them and finds out that the girl was pregnant with that guy's kid. Um, and then she's like, holy shit, I just killed somebody that was pregnant. And like, who am I now? Like, what have I become? Um, and then soon after that, Abby shows up, sees that that happened, knows that it was Ellie that did it, goes to the theater, which I forget how that all came about, but she knows how to get back to the theater. She gets to the theater, confronts them, and is like, I gave you a chance. You had this opportunity. You didn't take it. Now I'm pissed off. I'm going to kill you. And then um, that whole like sequence then catapults into the next like phase of the game where you're now flashing back to Seattle day one. You've been playing Ellie's story for 15 hours and now you're playing Abby and you're thrust into the stadium, which is like, here's this whole community that the wolves have, which is huge. It's badass. There's a lot of stuff that they've done over in the wolves camp and you start carrying out her story. And it was really awesome the way that this like slowly but surely I was like, okay, like she's normal. She's seems like a nice person. She, yeah, she kills people. So is everybody else in this game. Right. And you kind of get that. But then it's like, okay, I'm having to look up, okay, where was I on day one with Ellie at this point? Okay, I don't, I don't know. 
no, no, was it this happened? Was no, that was no, that wasn't happening. Was this point happening here? I'm having to think about like what the fuck <laughs> happened like 20 hours ago in this game, and I'm like, I don't know. So like, there's like all these like different plot pieces, which was, I think it was brilliant that they had you play as Ellie, had you play as Abby, and see that both of them had a revenge story to live out, but the fact that they were so separate in such a long game was just a bad idea. They should have introduced her back and forth earlier. Yeah. So you could see little pieces of like, okay, cause you didn't know her motivation until about, I'd say halfway into her story of Abby, mm-hmm. which was like, you know, at that point, 17, 16, 17 hours in the game. So that's when you find out, but had they shown some of that, the stadium, the civilization, the Seraphites, all the different stuff of like, their conflict and what was happening and all those interspersed details, I think it would have made each revenge story feel better and more cohesive. Yeah. That's why I feel like the scene where Joel goes in and kills the doctor and we found out that it's Abby's dad, I think that was crucial and it should have been right at the beginning because we're going back in time. We know something we've done before and it's going to lead us to what is happening in the story. And that's like, boom, you know exactly. Oh, shit, this is what Joel did. Now you know this girl's out for revenge. And it's a sadder story because Abby, I mean, obviously, revenge, you shouldn't go after revenge because, you know, the saying is you should dig a grave for two because you're going to be one of them. Mm -hmm. But you have both of these people who are going for revenge, and it's just a sad story because you understand the circumstances, and it's just unfortunate that those circumstances have happened. But you're going to follow it through the end and see what happens. Yeah. And I think a lot of stories, a lot of movies do, do it that way too. Like you understand where both sides are coming from, but it's just unfortunate that they have to take these, course of, these courses of action to get to a resolution. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I mean, maybe it wouldn't have worked. I don't know. But it's a potential better way to start the game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, that, I would have been interested to see how that would have played out because, I mean, I... I do like that they didn't reveal her motivation until later. But again, like it would have been better had I gotten to know her a little bit. Right. It was like part of the point that they had you play her was because they wanted you to play somebody that you hated. And like, I think that was intentional so that you could, um, just to see that this person was human too. It's like, you don't want to play her. You're playing the enemy, but at the same time, it's like, okay, there is some semblance of humanity to this person. And then especially when she meets up with the scars and like literally helps them um, and merges those bonds. I mean, she literally like saves them from like tries to go get to this lady's mom. There's a whole part where you like raid the scar base and then the wolves are attacking the scar base and she's trying to help you save some people there. And she almost gets killed by like scars. And then also the wolves are there and see her betrayed the team. And it's like a whole freaking crazy fuck up. What's the, that could be its own game. Yeah. That could have been like Lost Legacy for uh, Uncharted. Yeah, that should have been its whole other game. Like, I feel like that. That it's cool as it yeah. sounds. What you're telling me because I've right. seen it obviously, but like, why? What? What is the point? Just to show that she has humanity. Like, I feel like that doesn't drive the story forward. Like, there there are easier ways to show this person is human than doing a long sequence like that. That part was so but the again, the reason we everything. went there was because you had Lev, who was a boy who was with his sister, um, I forget the sister's name, but she ran away to go get her mom and save her mom because she knew that the wolves were coming to raid the base and she wanted to get her mom out of there before her mom died. 
So that's why her the yeah, sister went to the Scars base. Where does Abby fit in the command of the, the Abby's wolves? Abby's had had met them. Oh, in the command of the wolves. Yeah, she's part she's, of the wolves. She's right? like yeah, she's like a a soldier or whatever. But at this point, she has abandoned like oh, them against the rule of like the leader boss guy. Oh, so right now she's in bat. Like she's sneaking around and like can only trust certain people within it because right now they want to lock her up because she like left her post and she did something that she wasn't supposed to do. But she also hasn't told anybody. They don't know that she has a scar that she's helping out mm-hmm. at this point. So um, there's that whole situation happening. But she goes with Lev to get the, the sister back. Mm-hmm. And then when they get there, they find out that the mom was killed by the, the daughter. The daughter killed her mom because her mom didn't believe. Like she was trying to get her out of there saying like, hey, the wolves are coming, blah, blah, blah. This shit's about to go down. Like, we need to get out of here. These aren't, like, we're all bad people, blah, blah, blah. And then the mom is, like, not having it. She's like, no, I'm loyal to the scar. So then the girl kills the mom. And then that whole ensues. But then at this point, they're all there at the scar's base. And the wolves have already attacked. So now they have to get the hell out of there Mm. before it's too late. So there is some, like, conflict and, like, crazy terminal that happened. But that was, like, kind of character development for that trio of people. Um, which I thought was good. But what I didn't like was at the very end of the game, right before, like, cause Ellie is now at this point, she found out that after Abby comes back, there's this sparing or whatever Dina and they show Dina and Abby for a moment who have now built a life together. They have a home. Uh, the baby is born that Dina had, Dina had a baby, um, uh, which was the, the Asian dude's, uh, kid. Um, but he died because Abby killed him. Um, in this whole situation. So now Ellie just like cannot, she's having these flashbacks and visions of like Joel dying and like that moment of him dying. So she's like, I, I can't get these visions on my head. It's driving me crazy. I need to do this. And Dina's like, well, if you go, then, you know, that means you care more about this and you care about us and that whole situation. So then she leaves. Uh, Ellie goes out on this mission to Santa Monica, which is where she heard that Abby was going to go because she found out from that dude that that was their plan to go out there. Um, she gets there. She was captured by this other group of people that aren't the Fireflies. There's somebody else. And there's like three missions that you play that were completely useless. Because like, I don't give a shit about these people. I've never seen these people before. They're not the Fireflies. They were supposed to be the Fireflies. They're not the Fireflies. They're some, just from random group that has machine guns that want to kill you. So they introduced like a whole suite of new weapons suddenly in the last like three missions of the game, you have like a machine gun and all this stuff. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. And then it all leads up to this culmination where like you see that she had escaped. Abby had escaped. You chase her out to the the water and then you fight it out, duke it out. And then you end up not killing each other. You beat the shit out of each other, but you don't kill each other. Um, Ellie loses a finger because uh, Abby cuts it off in the fight and then eventually they decide, okay, we've beat the shit out of each other. It's over. Let's all go our ways. She comes back and then Dina and the kid are gone and nobody's left at the house. And then she, because she lost her finger, she can no longer play her guitar because the finger got cut off. And it's like this whole loss of like everything. But then they leave it open and it's like, did she go back to the civilization? Maybe Dina was there. Did she not? We don't really know. Um, but the problem I had with all that stuff leading to that point is that that last set of missions shouldn't have happened. It's like she could have got to Santa Monica. She could have somehow found out where Abby was, had that moment where they like fought each other. And then 
that cut out would have cut out three hours of the game that didn't need to be there. Cause I felt like there was just going through this whole building and like seeing these other people that they introduced us to. I'm like, I don't care about these people. I just want to find Abby and just like get to the end of the story at this point. Kind of like how in last was part one, I felt like the fight through the hospital to get to the final scene was overly long. And I was just like, at that point I just felt like I was climbing up a mountain that I couldn't <laughs> stop climbing. And it was, it was really difficult and frustrating. Yeah. So the reason, okay, if you think about this, this is why this game doesn't work. The story from my, in my perspective is that I felt like the last of us part one was an easy to understand story, right? Fought in a post apocalyptic world during an outbreak, a father loses his child and is tasked with taking another child to save the world. Yeah. Right. Whatever, whatever log line you want to put, you know, it's an easy, straightforward, cool. Like I get that. And you yeah. can come up with a log line for this. And obviously log lines are made at the beginning of the writing process to give you a clear idea of what the story is about and where it's headed. And it's the same with God of War, right? After the loss of their mother, Kratos, God of Thunder, is him and his son are tasked with taking his wife's remains to the mountaintop. Easy. These easy stories where go from point A to point B. And what happens along the way? A bunch of crazy shit. Yeah. That lets you understand the stuff. Uh, like, understand the characters better, and they get put in situations. Obviously, they attack each other. Like, in God of War, you know, Kratos and Son have this issue. And same with Ellie and Joel. Like, you know, honestly, they're both, like, two hard men who end up getting, getting like, you know, hearts as they go along. And in something like that, like, you could say, I don't know, after Ellie loses her father figure, she goes on revenge to kill his murderer. And it's like, that's fine, right? But it's just... Again, I think that's, I think there's a lot of fat on this story that need to be taken off, and I think the way that it was portrayed is not one that gamers, general gamers, will take a liking to, and it's not the one that the original game had such such success with. And if they could have just reordered it, I mean, this might have been a really killer story in my book. Yeah, there's just too much going on, and it's not told in the right way. The sequences, the putting everywhere, and I know that's a complaint I've seen. From a lot of people. Yeah. It's like, you just go back here, you go forward there, you don't even know where you're at anymore. It's just, what the heck? Well, like, one of my notes that I had here is, like, it's, the missions are very samey. It's like, you you go in an area, you clear it out, you repeat, you wait for dialogue from players indicating there are no other enemies. Because, like, literally, that's a thing that happens. Like, you're clearing out all these bad guys, and then suddenly somebody will say, oh, I think we're safe now. <clears throat> and it's like, that's a node that, okay, there's nobody else here. Yeah. Like, it's literally a game mechanic that says, you've cleared it out. So like, like immediately your sense of like anxiety and like, like stress and scaredness like just goes away. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like things like that. And then there's like areas where you clear out an area and there's no, there's nobody left. Then the next scene, like literally like five feet over, there's all of a sudden a bunch of craziness and a bunch of bad guys. I'm like, wait a minute. I just had Ellie say, Oh, there's nothing happening here. It's totally fine. And then like literally we step five feet earlier and there's like a bunch of bad guys. I'm like, wait a minute, how'd this happen? Like, where'd they come from all of a sudden? Like, the resort was a really bad thing. The last like three submissions or whatever. It's like, I cleared out this whole entire place, literally killed every single person there. And then I go and rescue the people. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, after having gone through this whole entire <laughs> resort, there's like freaking 20 or 30 dudes that show up. And I'm like, where were they like five minutes ago? I was just here. I'm wow. like, oh my gosh, it was wow. insane. Fortunately, I didn't have to fight them again. But. It was just it was it was really weird how so many good things in this game that I loved like so much, but it's just the 
it's just the structure yeah. I felt like just needed to be yeah. just readjusted a little bit. Like I, again, like the characters were good. The, the areas were great, but the structure and then just, there was fluff that didn't need to be there. That could have been replaced with stuff that like delivered this, the push of story forward. Right. And they didn't do as much of that as they should have. I mean, I think yeah, people giving this game game of the year because of the, I'm trying to think of the right word because of the story that's there, but I don't think they're, they're not considering the way that it's told. Yeah. Or maybe people who are giving a game of the year have been able to sit down for 30 out plus hours and finish this game all the way through, you know, more than, you know, we can. But I felt like when I played the last of us part one, when I played God of war, when I, heck when I even played Spider-Man, like I wanted the Witcher, like I want to come back and this game didn't have me, but there was points where it was just like, this is a slog. I don't want to come back. Yeah. Like there's no, there's nothing leading me on that piques my interest. Yeah. And if, it, again, if it was told better, you know, I probably have a different outlook. Yeah. So sad day. There was another thing. This is a very small gameplay thing, but it pissed me off so much. And that, <laughs> so you play through the first half of the game, you're playing as Ellie, yeah. you're unlocking crafting items, you're um, getting new abilities, you're spending your pills to like upgrade your character, doing all this stuff. By the time you're like 15, 18 hours in the game, it's like, I mean, I'm a freaking badass. I can throw Molotovs left and right. I got this, that, whatever. And then you switch to Abby and you got a pistol. You have nothing. And nothing. Yeah. Like you don't, all that shit, you spend all that time. And then you don't ever get to play with that stuff until the final scene where you're just punching her with Azeli. Like there's literally like one, maybe two scenes where you get to use all that stuff you built up for so long again at the end of the game. And then you're now working up Abby to get her all of her stuff. And it's granted they they sped it up. So they made it quicker to access these things. But I'm like, okay, why do I, it's just an upgrade system for the sake of having an upgrade system. And it, it was, it was very broken. Like I, I wish it would have. Cause I mean, this game is not about these like game mechanics. Like the mm. game is about the story that they're telling. Yeah. And I don't think that they should have made it to where like you had this separate upgrade system. It's like each character had different abilities. I'm like, okay, like, why does Ellie only get Molotovs that she finds in the world? But then over here you have Abby who only can find pipe bombs. Why is there a difference there? Wow. Why can't they both use them? Like, but no, you can't. It's like, wow. like Abby can use a machine gun that she finds on the ground, but Ellie can only use like some machine gun. It's like there's specific weapons that only this person or that person can find. I'm like, I don't, that's, doesn't make logically sense. doesn't make sense yeah yeah so there's there's just a lot of weird things so again it's like like i talked about during the game of the year it's like ghost of Tsushima had very little bad to say about it and this game as great of a story that they portrayed here and as deep of a story that existed here it's just there was just holes that just needed to be fixed yeah so before i ask you what would you give this game one out of ten i will say i know a lot of people didn't like Ghost of Shima because it felt like a lot of the other games that we've played in the past. And that was one of my concerns early on. But I think given it being the last game of the PlayStation 4 generation, like I think it actually helped itself that way. That it wasn't so different, something so unique. It was something familiar, and they told a good story with it. And that's almost all that matters, really. Yeah. So what would you give this Last of Us Part 2? One out of ten. Eight point five. Dang, that's higher than I thought you would. 
Yep. I thought you were going to go for like a seven. No, no, I think, oh, yeah. I mean, it, it was a great game. I mean, it, it was really good, but it's just, it should have been 10 hours shorter and it should have been readjusted in this, the plot. But I mean, just there's so many other pieces of it that were just like really, really cool and interesting. And just, I mean, the new things that they introduced to the world were really nice. I mean, there was this, there was a sequence where you're like climbing up, like you're, you're learning about the scars and how they get around the world. And turns out they have these bridges that go from skyscraper to skyscraper that they built way up in the sky. And that's how they can sneak around all the wolves and never, never be seen basically. And then Abby as a wolf learns this through Lev telling her all these things. And it's just kind of like a really cool, like world building experience to see like, there's this whole other part of the world Mm. that nobody, but these Seraphites had seen or existed, but it's like Abby's having to like cross across like, a massive crane that like fell down to build a bridge from building to building and you're having to walk across this and you're like scared as shit but the lev is just like walking in the cross like it's no big deal because she's a seraphite and this is what she does and then there's a part where like you fall down this building you have to like scale down this massive skyscraper in an area that probably hasn't been touched in forever because they've been using this elevator that they had on the exterior but they couldn't get to the elevator because of how they like slipped and fell and fell down in this like pool or whatever had to go down the old-fashioned way which introduced new enemies, new scares, and stuff like that. It was a really interesting sequence. Like, I wish there was more of that and less of, like, let's enter this big space and there's, like, a bunch of people to kill and then you move on to the next space. Um, I don't know where I was going with that, but that was that was a really cool piece of the game that I felt like was innovated that it's a set piece. second game. Yeah, set piece. More yeah. set pieces, yeah. I get so, it. anyway. Cool. But um, Save Warzone for later. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. what I thought. I think we need to. Yeah. <laughs> I love Warzone. Not going to lie. But we're at 39 minutes. We need to stop talking. That's right. That's right. All right. So that's going to wrap it up for the games we play this week, everybody. If you want to play games with us each and every week, you can join us on our Discord channel. You can check out that link in the show notes. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or share this episode with a friend. Stay tuned. We'll be right back for our video game news. Thank God. I got it. <laughs> You're listening to The Inner Gamer. It is time for our video game news. In this segment, we share the best headlines from the week in the gaming industry. If you want to get involved in this segment, you can send us a question or comment to hello at theinnergamer.net, and we will talk about it on this podcast. All right. First story we have coming straight from gamesradar.com. Uh, you know, all that good stuff. But what's really exciting about it is an industry insider has come out and said, Tom Henderson is his name. He has said that Battlefield 6 may be heavily influenced by Battlefield 3. So Battlefield 6 is scheduled to come out this year around probably, I would guess October, because that's usually when they bring out Battlefield. So around October, November area, we're going to be getting it. And uh, Henderson talks about all the details they claim to know so far about the game, speculating that it will either be called Battlefield 6 or simply Battlefield. They should not just call it Battlefield. <laughs> oh I would freaking. God. They already have Battlefield 1. They already did an Xbox One situation where they did. We have Battlefield 3, Battlefield 4, Battlefield 1, and, and now we're going to go five. Battlefield 5. And now we're going to do <laughs> just, Battlefield. Just call it Battlefield 6, okay? Um, Henderson says that the title is heavily influenced by Battlefield 3 and will be somewhat of a soft reboot. But rumor has it that it's going to have uh, maybe have a Battle Royale again. I kind of hope it doesn't. But yes. the big thing that we've heard about, because it's they're going for like next-generation technology, they're preparing it for next-gen consoles, 128 players is like going to be the new standard of some kind that's gonna be sweet but ultimately battlefield 6 return to battlefield 3 
Um, Austin, I know we've both been hyped about this game. What do you feel about this? Yeah, if it's anything like Battlefield 3, which had some really awesome maps, and we had a lot of awesome moments in that, had a lot of fun. There was just so much about Battlefield 3 that I really liked. Like, I really liked Battlefield 4. We probably have more time in Battlefield 4 than we do in Battlefield 3, but I just remember all those maps, like, getting down. Like, it almost reminds you of, like, Warzone in a way. The way everything was a destructible environment, you just run in there. And, you know, you shoot people up, and obviously it's not as tactical because there's tanks and stuff, and, yeah, I just, I love it. Like, Battlefield 1 was pretty okay, and then Battlefield 5 was a lot better, but <clears throat> I probably mentioned this on the podcast a while ago, but I'm sick and tired of those old guns. <laughs> old World War II guns, and, yeah, they add scopes and stuff, but technically they didn't have that to that degree. They just added in, like, uh, if I, my memory serves me right, when they were promoting Battlefield Five, they said they're adding in what was it uh, prototypes of things that they wanted to use back then, and or you put in the field for a very limited amount of people, in my understanding, which gave us the ability to use a lot of the different things that they had during that time period in Battlefield Five, which is fine. It makes for a great game, but yeah, I want to go back to boots on the ground, freaking you know, uh, go forward type stuff. Like I think that's just a really sweet time period to jump into and you have plenty of tech to pl- play with. So, right. Yeah. This was the, uh, Battlefield three was the first one that introduced the, um, the premium pass, which I know was like, there was a point where I was complaining about the premium pass until like games of the service, live service stuff started getting more and more introduced. And now I'm kind of like, I'm, I would be kind of okay with just paying 50 bucks for like, the guarantee of like 28 new maps over the course of like whatever time. Yeah. Granted this year at Battlefield five, they did a kind of interesting where like they didn't do any of that. And it was like, they had cosmetic upgrades and then masks were given to you for free, which was also kind of nice. Um, but I, I just, I felt like Battlefield five kind of took it a little too far with all the extra stuff you could do on there. Yeah. And I, I don't really want that in a battlefield game of like customizing all the things, but I guess that's kind of the nature of the industry now. I mean, people eat it up in Warzone of like, I want to get this like cool skin on You're my tank. Have I want who's neon bright red with black whatever yeah. around them, and they're running through the battlefield like, what the fuck? It doesn't make sense. I mean, it's like don't Fortnite my battlefield. You exactly. know what I mean? Like that's kind of the the yeah. vision I have on. I definitely want it to be. I love for them to just go back to yes, boots on the ground, gritty, awesome, epic set piece moments. Yeah, in this realistic environment. That you can still do stupid shit with like a plane just like crashing into somebody to kill them or like, you know, load up a Jeep, a C4 and crash into somebody. Oh, like so good. That you exists, but it's like not not a uh, not going to be like the end of the world kind of situation. Like yeah. I still want to like have the realism and stuff. But, right, right, right. But man, they had like, there was such a good set of maps on here. Like the visual style of this game was so interesting. Like, I mean, this like above and beyond this game, it came out in 2011 graphics were gorgeous destructible environments like oh great all this stuff that they brought into play like i'm anxious to see what they can do now in 2021 i almost said 2020 in 2021 uh with should be amazing the new frostbite engine yeah. i mean it it could be incredible but i'm just anxious to see how they kind of package it like will there be a single player component to it i could care less at the, really at this point right. with that game but <clears throat> i did enjoy the Maybe single players of three and four like but, uh, call of duty now Maybe, yeah. You, you get the multiplayer for free, and it'll probably be cosmetics and bullshit. But or you can get the yeah single player. Yeah, could be that way. 
You I mean, hope it's not. We get Battle Royale for free, but not the right. multiplayer for free. Well, I mean, that's how it is with Call of Duty. Yeah, 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 no, I understand. Yeah. But I was like, yeah. they wouldn't have Battle, battle no. Royale. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, they, do you think they're not going to bring it out? I mean, Firestorm was kind of a hot pile of gar- I mean, it wasn't a hot pile of gar- It was. I liked it, but it definitely just was not, an, it wasn't there. Like, it wasn't as pushing the boundaries. No, it wasn't. I mean, they could and they might. And I wouldn't put it past them, but. I don't know. I don't think I don't think you can surpass Warzone at this point. I hope they focus a- a- in on Apex like it's its own niche, just like Fortnite's kind of its own niche. Well, it has kind of gathered that whole market and pushed it in a different direction. But I mean, if they can have their own thing. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. But I feel like if I was gonna play Battlefield Warzone or Battlefield Battle Royale, like I'd rather just play Warzone. Yeah. That's true. I mean, because like, you know, if if you look at I mean, how many times has uh, Call of Duty tried to do the Battlefield thing and then they still have it, you know, in their games and stuff like that, but they've kind of more or less abandoned that idea yeah. because Battlefield does it right every, pretty much every time. And I think that's exactly. what Battlefield needs to realize is that yeah. they can make a Battle Royale just for the sake of making a Battle Royale. But mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of people that are burnt out of Battle Royale right now. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like, I mean, Warzone is the one that's not as burnt out and like Apex still has a huge following, but like... I don't care to go back to Fortnite right now. I'm definitely not going back to PUBG anytime soon. Like, but Battlefield, yes, I would go back to because that's oh, just always yeah. just a different type of energy and excitement and high powered intensity that yeah. I want. But like, I think they even do Call of Duty pretty well. You know, Call of Duty is more of like you know close quarter combat, and you run around and kill a bunch of people. And I really like that in Battlefield Three, the close quarter combat stuff. Like when that DLC dropped, I was in those matches all the time. Yeah, it's easy to hop in, hop out. You know, get a few kills, feel like you're accomplished stuff, get your rank up for that class. It was fun. I wonder what they're gonna do with because uh, like some of the things that they introduced in like Battlefield Five was that you know they don't have wep- the vehicles on the ground anymore. You have to spawn into them, and they're limited availability there. Or they had you know, they introduced all these different modes. Like they had that mode, um, you know, the one that was like. It was like tiered story mission operations or whatever it oh, was. Yeah, you know, yeah. you go through that stuff, and like that was an interesting <laughs> idea. But I felt like it was e- it would easily get one sided. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to see what they're now that they're doubling the player count. I mean, what could they do that would be really? I mean, conquest is cool, but like conquest really heavily falls on the map design because there was one map in Battlefield Five that had that one big, huge, like, airplane. It was, like, the brown map. It was, like, a big, huge airplane hangar mm-hmm. and a bunch of small, like, bases outside of it. But the focus was always on that center airplane hangar. Yeah. And I hated that map for that reason. And, um, like, they need to be able to space it out, but they also need it to where it's not so spaced out that you're, like, disjointed from everybody. Like, there needs to be some kind of, like, like push and pull focus happening. But... I'm trying to think, like, what could be some new thing that they could explore from, like, some other game or just some new idea that well, could really idea push is, it Because we talked about this way back in the day, like, way back in the day, of how to make it more... Because they, they, they've tried to make it more uh, team-based. You know, you, you say, hey, go attack this point, and you your team captures that point, and you get, like, extra X, XP and stuff. But they should make it where, like, if you want to rank up quick, like, you need to work with your team. Mm-hmm. I think there needs to be AI in there being like, you know, as like the commander or whatever, be like, hey, this point's going to be taken. And the closest squad there should go and try to get this point back, you know. And if they call for help, well, the commander like orders somebody 
who's close by another squad to go and help them and tell them, Hey, you know, maybe flank from the South or from the East or whatever, just kind of give people more of a, you know, Hey, go do this. Now I think that can fall into interesting territory or concerning territory. Cause then you have someone an AI that kind of understands the battlefield and is giving, you know, a one up with each other. Obviously there's going to be AI on both sides. So they're both like fighting each other. Right. And they kind of know what the other one's going to do. I don't know how you could program that, but I feel like that would be interesting where, yeah, you get a hundred points for capping this flag, but you listen to the commander, you get 500 points for capping the flag. Right. So it's like, we really need to work together. We really need to make this a team base. And because, you know, we jump in those games and people are all over the freaking place going this way, going that way. And no one's, you know, succinct, like in unison, only a few matches you go in there and you actually the team's working together somehow right. mer- uh, it's a miracle but half the time like that's why pe- people lose yeah it's because they just get swamped and everyone's so spread out and no one knows what to do they just want they're just shooting the closest enemy they could find that is true and like Battle- battlefield 2 they did a good job of for whatever reason it seems like battlefield 2 i feel like people played more squad focused than they did in like later games mm-hmm. whereas it got more disparate as time had gone on but yeah I would. I do think an AI commander would be kind of interesting to have that. Where like, if you listen to what the commander is telling you based off of the tides of war and whatnot, then you would get more points by following those orders and stuff than you would not. Yeah. But because um, I, I love the idea of having a commander as a human player, like doing that thing. But then that was a battlefield three. They yeah, but they just you'd have a good commander sometimes, and other times you have a super shitty commander that wouldn't touch it, but would just hold yeah. the commander spot and not give orders. Yeah. Or wouldn't send things to you like you call for ammo or whatever. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Uh, you're not getting it. <laughs> so, and that's something that I feel like if they're not, you know, performing like based off of a series of criteria, they should just get kicked out of it and have somebody else swap in maybe. You know, yeah. there could be some things you could do to like handle it that way. But I do think the squad part of it will be a big key factor of carrying this game forward. It's like, can you give us a five player squad that like can work really well together? Because I feel like even Battlefield 5, as much as we try to play squads, it's like, we were playing squads, but I feel like the game didn't allow for the squad play as much as we'd wanted to. Yeah. In some instances, like, I mean, we worked together, but <clears throat> it didn't, it just didn't feel like the game pushed for that. It was like us having to do it instead, even though we did get squad bonuses for doing things with squad and like spawning on squad teammates and stuff like that. So yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how but they kind of explore that. Sadly, the part won't be in there. <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sadly. I mean, it'd be cool if they brought the commander mode back, but yeah. I don't know what they would do. But we need a freaking 2142. That's what we need. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I agree. I would love to see them revisit that in today's time. Yeah. Titan mode come back. Like, yeah, oh, man. dude. Titan mode was amazing. That stuff was awesome. But I don't know if we'll ever see it. Like, it's just... I don't think so either. Sucks. I don't know. Maybe maybe they'll do that. Maybe it goes in cycles. And, like, you know, here we are going back to Modern Warfare, which I guess we... Actually, we should have gone to 2142 before we went to modern times, exactly. but I don't know. We'll see where it goes. But either way, I'm like excited I mean, for Battlefield 6. That like everyone's doing modern warfare right now, especially yeah. that Call of Duty is so like, well, I guess it went back to Vietnam now, but still, Warzone's like the modern warfare type thing. Yeah. Yeah. But then you got other games like, I mean, there's a lot of games out there that are doing the whole like futuristic kind of futurism, like Apex and like Overwatch are doing like, yeah. like weird different powery kind of things and warzone did get a little bit more realistic with stuff but i'm okay with i'm okay with them doing modern warfare because like battlefield definitely does a good job with that Mm -hmm. um especially after like i wanted so much world war ii 
and they went to World War One, which I thought was interesting. And I was like, shit, no, that's not interesting anymore. Yeah. And then, I mean, it was good. There was just a lot of balance issues I had in that game. And then right. Battlefield Five came out, just like started off so weak with like few, so few maps. And then yep. they did such a bad, like they, they pitched it wrong overall. Yeah. That kind of oh, yeah. killed it with like all the conflicts that happened there. But hopefully Six just like starts out strong, stays strong, comes out strong, just like freaking blows our minds. Takes over Warzone. Yeah. Cool. All right. Next story we have. Apple has reports that they are currently in production of a VR headset. This has long been rumored for a very long time, but according to IGN and reports on various uh, platforms from all over the place, um, the initial product offering for Apple's first VR headset will be intentionally high-end and niche to pave the way for a more consumer-friendly AR headset down the line. Bloomberg reported that sources close to the matter say that this new headset is meant for activities like gaming, videos, and communicating and will be available as early as 2022 and will not be cheap. Um, they expect that it will likely be more expensive and that may only sell one headset per day per retail store. Um, the strategy is intentional as Apple continues to work on a more consumer-facing AR glasses type product. Um, there's been talks that it's going to have an advanced chip, higher resolution than both headsets from Oculus or HTC. Um, the power of the headset also requires a built-in fan, which is going to be weird having a headset on your face that has a fan inside of it. Um, and uh, it's going to have the fabric exterior that a lot of like technology devices are starting to use. Um, and uh, they're working on... Um, the process in the fan led to a design that was too heavy and large, raising concerns over neck strain. Current designs have shrunk the size and utilized the fabric exterior to reduce the weight. Um, and it'll also be a standalone device like the Oculus Quest, so it won't require a device to plug into necessarily so um interested to see how they pull it off because there hasn't been a high-end piece of hardware that is to the level of like say the valve index that is tetherless and they sound like they are pushing for a tetherless solution um i'm curious to see how they approach that how they pull it off but just Why? this year, they brought Why? out the AirPods Max, which is a $499 over-the-ear headphone component. Oh, my gosh. Component, I didn't which know I, that. Yeah. And I find it to be interesting but also odd because, like, they have AirPods, AirPod Pro. They got all those those lineups <laughs> and stuff like that, and they have this new audio device, and it's like they're really badass-looking headphones, but the carrying case that they gave with it is just, like, really stupid. And it's, it's a $500 pair of headphones. That are noise canceling and have all that stuff, but there's so many headphones on the market that are a couple hundred dollars less than that. They're trying to beat up beat Dre, Beats by Dre. Yeah, but they own Beats by Dre. So like Oh, do they? Yeah, what they the own Beats. Fuck? Yeah. So like Apple owns Beat. Like they bought Beats, and that's that when they acquired Beats, <coughs> that's how they built Apple Music, because they Apple Music is literally the Beats by Dre streaming service that they rebranded as Apple Music. So that's wow. that's how that all came to be. And wow. then now they own all the products. So they still have it labeled as beads, but they sell it on the market as a uh, uh they they it's yeah, they own the brand, but they don't advertise that they are the brand. Mm. So that's interesting. I don't I don't know why we need this. Who's gonna buy it? I mean, you're limiting Oh, I would buy it. How much would you buy it for? That's 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 the that's the question. Yes. Like I would buy it. That is the question. But I envision like I mean Would you like, buy these headphones for five hundred dollars? Oh, you mean the headset? No, would oh. you buy the the headphones first? Off? Oh, the headphones, no. Okay, no, yeah, yeah. Would you buy? Would you buy this for five hundred dollars? Yes, but I guarantee okay. this is going to be at least eight hundred dollars. Shit, man! I would think it was going to be over under a thousand. Honestly, 
yeah. the way they're making it, might it not seem be. Like. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, it very well could like be twelve hundred dollars. Like, $1, like yeah, basically, I mean, you could buy a, a fucking thirty eighty, thirty ninety for that much. Yeah, actually, a thirty ninety is uh, fourteen hundred dollars. Yeah, but different story. True, we're talking it like graphic true. card versus yeah, yeah. like. And then like, is it going to play all the games that are out right now? Like, what what is their store? What games are they making for this? That's a very good point too, because they don't have the li- they haven't been building the library exactly. that Oculus has been building. What the fuck are they it's doing? probably not going to link into Steam. It's like where where are they going to get the games at? This must be for something else. Because even Mac as an OS doesn't have a large gaming library. Yeah, and they have Apple Arcade, which is great, but there's not VR games on Apple Arcade. And they're not going to get VR games on Apple Arcade anytime soon because it's just like, not built for that. I feel like they're pushing for all this stuff. And like, okay, so they had the like, for the Apple TV, you could play games on there. But like, who actually plays games on that these days? Right. I'm sure right. a few people, but not a lot. Like, that's not where everyone games. Like, kids will, but that's then, it. Yeah, but barely. I feel like they can play more games on their phone. Why would yeah. they waste their time? And then, yeah, you have the Apple Arcade thing and you can play on your phone. For a set number of price, which has changed recently, and you know, obviously that wasn't working out. Like, why make this? Yeah. Why? I mean, I think it's a. I think it's good, but they definitely need to figure out the ecosystem. Like, I think that I know they're going to be able to make a badass VR headset, and it's probably going to like blow our minds when it comes out. I'm sure it will. Because like even like the HomePod, for example, when they brought that out, that was like holy shit. The audio is so badass. It's really awesome. But it was four hundred dollars. Nobody's going to spend $399 for a smart speaker. Then they brought out the HomePod Mini, which I now have two of them because it was 100 bucks a piece. And I was mm. like, this is awesome. I got Siri-enabled technology. I got pretty good audio. It's like, I mean, it's better than the Alexa dots or anything. I mean, it's way better than the dots. It's like, it did all the things right, but it took them a couple generations to get to that point. So I feel like this first generation is going to be like really cool, but have a lot of like issues that they need to work out and like you said i mean it's it's gonna be like starting from zero with like the ipad when they first launched the ipad there was no apps for the ipad so everything was just like scaled up iphone games right and iphone stuff so they're gonna have like that was something that you could get in the hands of a lot of people and they would be okay with that scale up yeah this is like how are you supposed to make how are you supposed to continue the next generation forward if no one's gonna buy it right for what like they're just gonna have it to have it some people will just buy it because it's apple yeah I mean, if they have that killer app, I mean, if they bring out Half Life Three on the VR headset, I mean, yeah, fuck well, yeah, it is, but I doubt that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I agree. It's gonna be. I mean, I knew that they've been working on this very long for a very long time, but it's just like, yeah, what is the market for this? Because they, they, they mentioned that it's like, you know, it's gonna be. I mean, one headset per day per store, but what content are you consuming? Because I don't want to watch a video in my my headset like i don't do that like my oculus headset is for playing video games or it's for a business application such as like you know maybe working with a 3d model like if you're a 3d model or if you work in engineering or whatever like you can use it to like rotate stuff around but otherwise right now the big application of vr is video games and they don't got that it's like okay something's wrong i don't know it's gonna be interesting yeah so all right Next story we got here, Resident Evil Village had a showcase, big, huge showcase. This article is coming from IGN, and we uh, are talking about Capcom's first Resident Evil showcase of 2021 that had a slew of new updates uh, for the franchise, including big announcements and conversations of Resident Evil Village. So I'm going to go through all the things that were announced, and then we can talk about it afterwards. So the first thing that came out, they brought out Resident Evil's trailer, a story demo trailer, or a story trailer, ultimately, and announced that officially Resident Evil Village is coming out to PS5, Xbox Series X, PC, PS4, and Xbox One 
on May 7th of 2021. There's also going to be a demo coming out later this spring on all platforms and PS5 owners <laughs> get exclusive access to the new Maiden demo now. It's available now. I have it downloaded. I just got to play it. Fantastic. So, uh, sorry, everybody. We, we, <clears throat> we are better than you now. I'm sorry. No, we're not. <laughs> Y'all are all awesome. Okay. I'm but get a PS5. Kidding. Get a PS5. Uh, they also revealed some gameplay, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. They announced Mes- Resident Evil Reverse, which is their multiplayer component of, I believe it comes with the game. Yeah, it's free to anybody who purchases a village. So it's <laughs> multiplayer. And then they also announced that there's going to be a crossover with the Division 2 that they're going to be doing. So you can play like a Leon Kennedy outfit. And there's a movie tease with Netflix. So there's going to be a Netflix Resident Evil movie tease that is coming um, slated for sometime in 2021, so very soon. Um, Capcom is also working on Resident Evil TV series with Netflix, which will be a brand new story in the universe. So back to the story first and the trailer and the announcement of the game. Resident Evil Village, Austin, what's your what's your gauge on this right now? Uh, I'm excited for it because it looks freaking phenomenal and like all these the RE engine is very impressive. Yeah. And as the games have come out, obviously there were the two other um, remakes and they got better and better and this one looks even better and it's going to play amazing on PlayStation yeah. 5. I can't wait to go in there and just walk around and look at all the beautiful stuff. You play Biohazard, right? Yeah. 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 How did you feel about that game? Because that was That's obviously true. different than 3 and 4. Right, but like, right, right, but th- right. that, this game is like that it's also was, first person. Yeah. So I'm curious your that thoughts. That one was good. I really liked it. Like early on there was a lot of creepy stuff and you could play that one in VR. Yeah. That's not what I, something I want to do. But yeah, it had the scary the scare factor in it, and it had a lot of cool elements. You can go back and listen to what I said two years ago, whatever it came out. And uh, yeah, I'm excited because it doesn't look like I feel like every Resident Evil after Resident Evil Two is not like a general Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. You're like really weird. Like this looks like it's taking place in like Gothic era England back in the Dark Ages or whatever. But it, I guess it kind of has that general theme because of the enemies that are in it so i'm curious to see where it all leads and how umbrella ties into it and there's vampires and werewolves and stuff like what the hell's yeah. going on well so this is the same character that you played in biohazard yes which yes. i i don't know anything about that character but okay. you're playing the same guy so yeah so in that in the last one you had to go save your wife and she was like possessed and then you make it out of there and then I think there's an ending. There's like two endings that, that could happen. I can't remember. It's been a while. And then, yeah, now this time your wife's been taken again by, uh, shit, I forgot his name. Anyway, by someone who's part of the, like one of the, the good guys from one of the older Biohazards. I think it's Biohazard 5. Was that the dude four? that they showed at the very end of the trailer? No, he, he, was, uh, he was a dude in your house who had like a jacket on. I don't know why I can't remember his name. Like right glasses now. though? Or no? He, no, he didn't oh, have glasses, okay. no. Yeah, he, he you played him as one of the good guys trying to stop Umbrella like a few games back. Okay. Outside of the remakes. And now he's like taking your wife or something. It's really weird. And so I'm I'm intrigued. I've been following the characters for a, quite a bit of time. It's not like something I'm super like, well, this is amazing. I got to know about everything. But I think there is some cool um uh cool lore that has happened through all these games. Yeah. Plus the games aren't like in sync, so like you Play this game and it's over here, and then you play another game and it's like way back in the past. And yeah, they're flip flopping everywhere. So you don't say bye bye bye. 
What? You said in sync, so I was oh. like, <laughs> I got you. Uh, trying to be funny, um, but <laughs> <laughs> clearly a failed. Um, so yeah, I, I watched it as a story trailer, man, and I was just—I mean, I'm—I'm not—I haven't been like super excited about Village, and I don't know—I don't think I'm gonna like playing it. But man, like the Gothic era, the castle, and like the the visuals, and like the character that they introduced, the woman who's like like seems creepy as shit, and her like freaking like fight like fly things that form into people that attack you i was just like this looks so cool like yeah. such an like, awesome looking style to this game and i i want to just watch somebody play it because i feel like it's gonna be fucked up oh yeah in every possible way and it just oh, it just the look the just the vista the environments that are inside this house just look incredible oh yeah and um i watched some of the gameplay and it's like it seems slow i don't i mean it just seems seems uncomfortable and it's meant to do that yeah like it is that i mean with the other one that it was the same way like you had to find your groove in order to get around yeah and be prepared for anything so yeah it was so. a good it was a good change of pace for them because they're always like third person yeah and yeah i like it I like it a lot it's coming out in may which is like i know a great time for this game to come out it probably doesn't get delayed but <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, a right? good that's a good uh they good month to release it it weighs along, so yeah. I would assume. And I feel like gold. Resident Evil hasn't. Well, I, that, that I remember they haven't really done much lately as far as delays. So that's that's good. Yeah. yeah. Um. So then they also announced the uh, reverse uh, multiplayer. This I didn't look as excited about personally. They just throw multiplayer in there for have it. It even has like a different art. It almost had looked yeah. like some shots look like it had like a Borderlandsy yeah. art style, like, yeah, like right. some of the outlines or whatever and the graphics definitely don't look as good but um i don't know it comes free so i guess that's a good thing <laughs> it's a bonus but it's just it's a weird it's a, i don't know it's weird i didn't feel good about it i mean i'm probably not gonna play it yeah but it, it comes with village so that's that's exciting um and then uh yeah the netflix movie i mean i don't know how much i feel about that per se but yeah are you gonna buy borderlands you should no quiet Brett. keep talking <laughs> Austin's with borderlands right now and i think you should buy it did you know i have over 90 hours in that game now this is not part of the news <laughs> yeah me and jason are like playing it over again right now <laughs> i don't want to talk about it so good you should get it you let's should get go it. Let's, yeah. the next thing okay yeah, this is right. gonna be a movie and that's gonna be awesome i'm excited for it i feel like everything's getting a movie these days yeah they are um i wonder if it's gonna be animated or not because usually they're animated there, there's never been like well minus well, the, the actual, big movie i don't consider those freaking resident <laughs> evil movies the best movies ever. yeah right yeah <laughs> You know, the first one went too bad, but there are a lot of issues with that. Yeah, I know. It was just a hot pile of garbage. Yeah, I and then I, I heard that... Uh, did, wait, didn't you watch Monster Hunter, the movie? I did. Was that a hot pile of garbage? Hot pile of garbage. <laughs> okay, good. Because it's the same guy. I didn't realize it was the same dude that did it, that did Resident Evil movies. Oh, so he did that. It's, and apparently he's been wanting to do that Monster Hunter movie for like 10 years. It is. And finally got that, the sign off to do it. It was like, this is so cheesy. And I was yeah. like, I know. I know. <laughs> and they spent, like, they went out to the desert to film that in like 130, 40 degree temperatures or some shit like Gosh. that. They like, they like tr almost killed themselves to make this movie. Why? I don't get it. They were being real. Yep. Anyway. All right, so this was a crazy story when I saw this thing pop up. Vicarious Visions is the development team that is owned by Activision, and they, this year, last year, actually, were known for creating the 
wildly popular remake of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 Plus 2. Nice. So they did that remake. They've, they're big on remakes, and they have been announced now that they are being merged into Blizzard Entertainment uh, from Activision. Wow. And uh, not only are they being merged into Blizzard Entertainment as a support studio for Blizzard, they are being potentially, this is rumored, but potentially being tasked to work on the Diablo 2 remake. I'd buy it. I would too. Yeah. Because I never got to play Diablo 2. And Travis loved Diablo 2 back in the day. Yeah. Josh loved it too, also. Like him and uh our, and and Nick, who are both uh fans of the podcast and uh, listeners of uh they're on our Discord channels, check them out. Um, they are they were obsessed with this game. Like, I mean, I remember Josh used to like oh, farm the shit out of like yeah. all kinds of stuff That's in like this thing. Everyone I knew who loved Diablo 2 would just play it all the time. And like I always see him getting the gold, and I was like, this looks stupid. <laughs> I didn't understand how it worked. I was more into obviously the console at the time. Yeah, I didn't have a PC at that time. But um, yeah, I mean, I'd be down. I really liked the last one. I got it on uh, PC and I got it on the Switch, and they're both really fun. Mm-hmm. And you can do it online. Actually, no, we played it on the console at one point. Remember, oh. we'd all come over to your place and we play three. Yeah, three. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <clears throat> we do like Vaguely, the four controllers. Yes. We had like four controllers and everyone would have to stop to figure out what the mm. kids are going to pick. It took an hour yeah, to, once we that. got new loot. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that was frustrating. Yeah, it would be better if we're all not there. But that was a cool console game. Yeah. If they did something like that, that'd be really awesome. I don't know if we do in person now. I'd rather do online because, not because of COVID, but because it's ridiculous to get through loot. Anyway. Right. What else we got? Um, well, so apparently up until 2020, 20, up until 2020, the Diablo 2 remake was being developed by Blizzard's Team One. Um, and Team One, latest title was Warcraft 3 Reforged. And if you remember how much of a hot pile of oh, trash that was, shit. Um, it looks like uh, they decided to change their mind. Um, so internal documents reviewed by Bloomberg pinned the game's failures on poor planning, miscommunication, and rush release mm-hmm. due to financial ma- pressure mm-hmm. from management, among other factors. Um, uh, and then apparently, in, uh, following the game's reveal in November 2018, they began taking pre-orders for 2019 before letting most of the development team know of the release window. Huh, sounds like CD Projekt Red. My mm. gosh. Blizzard and Team 1 obviously didn't want to make the same mistakes with the anticipated Diablo 2 remaster, and following a post-mortem, they pulled the remaster from the team and put the division behind uh, Diablo 4 in charge. Or Diablo, yeah, Diablo 4. So Vicarious Visions is now said to be taken over Diablo 2 resurrected as a result of that. Um, but in October 2020, Blizzard reorganized the entire Team 1 division, and members of the team were given opportunities to interview for other positions within the company. Those who did not find a position eventually were let go, while others chose to leave for studios such as Frost Giant and... Remember when we talked about Dreamhaven that was formed? They went off to join that team instead. Nice. So there's a lot of uh, you know movements that are happening here. But yes, Vicarious Visions, creators of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 Plus 2, which also gives reason to show that there will not be another Tony Hawk's Pro Skater anytime soon, um, are now working on Diablo 2, potentially, supposedly. So, Let's hope so. Interesting. Last but not least, <laughs> we have Microsoft, everybody. Dude, this is ridiculous. Ridiculous. So last they, week, could, yeah. They were just such in a good spot, I felt like. I know. They were like, doing so good. Like I, We were getting shit for a long time. We are like, okay, Game Pass, yeah. Yeah, like, it's not bad. Yep. So on a Friday, January 22nd, Xbox Live Gold announces a price increase. 
And what, uh, what was that price? Increase? They came out and said that the new prices of Xbox Live Gold were going to be uh, one month for ten ninety nine, which is a dollar increase from nine ninety nine. Three months for twenty nine ninety nine, which is a five dollar increase, and then six months would now be forty nine fifty nine ninety nine, which is a twenty dollar increase. So I guess Xbox Live Gold for a year Wait, is twelve months is fifty nine ninety nine. Yeah, six months. Six. Oh yeah, yeah. Six, six months, months is fifty nine ninety nine. So it would have been thirty nine ninety nine. So I guess total you're what eighty dollars. Wait. 839 40 80 so $80 for a year before now it would be $120 for a year oh man that's crazy I didn't realize it's that expensive um, so it was going to go up $20 increase for a six month uh, membership um, so when it's time to renew the current price will be the price players pay so that would have been what would happen so this came out um, price increase happened everything was hunky dory for like two seconds and then, um, of course, the internet responded. And they're like, no, it's not happening. They got really upset. Um, everybody was complaining, both on the Dang. industry and the consumer side. Um, uh, this is a re- report according to a Game Informer here. Due to the feedback that the company has rescinded its initial decision to up the pricing as a result of the feedback. Um, not only that, did they respond because things were so fucked up, but now they're also um, removing the Xbox Live requirement for playing free-to-play online titles such as Apex Legends or Fortnite. So now you don't even need to pay for Xbox Live Gold to play online. Wow. Which is a pretty good move. That, that is awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. very good. Especially for families and stuff like that. You spend thought- way too much money as it is on Fortnite cosmetics. So we talked about Xbox Game Pass and how they're going to make money off it and all this stuff. And, you know, obviously they've already increased the price. There's like a $1 for three months type thing that you can get when you first join it, at least on PC. And um, I was like, man, this must be the new move. Like, they, we didn't know exactly how they're making money, but I think we kind of broke it down and ran some, like, preliminal numbers that we can't, kind of just came up with to test out, you know, what, what if they sold a million Xbox Game Passes or whatever. And it's just like, why, why are they doing this? Why do they need to do this? Don't they make enough money? Game Pass is pretty freaking awesome. I don't know anyone who's like, don't <clears throat> get the Game Pass. Well, I don't think, yeah, I don't think they, it is expensive to run the Game Pass. Like it's, because I mean, it's kind of like with Netflix right now, like they don't make money. They don't make a lot of money off of Netflix. Like Netflix says themselves don't make a lot of money because they're spending so much money to produce the content that like they kind of just break even every time because they're having to continually spend more money to make content in order to keep up with the demand of users. Yeah. And right now, Game Pass is in the same boat. So I think this was kind of like a way, like, okay, let's try and get some more money over here to help offset this over here. Yeah. But they came out and now said, we messed up. You're right to let us know. Connecting with players and friends is part of vital part of gaming, and we failed to meet the expectations of players who count on every day. As a result, we're not changing Xbox Live Gold. And they said, we're turning this moment an opportunity to bring Xbox Live more in line with how we see the player at the center of the experience. With free-to-play games, you'll no longer need an Xbox Live membership to play those games on Xbox and that'll be coming very, very soon. So, well, I mean, credit credits due. At least they changed it, and it seemed to be pretty quick. And that's good because yeah. some people don't change it. They're just like, "We're sorry, we messed up, but this yeah. is what we're gonna do." <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we do have. So, if you do have a twelve month subscription now with the old pricing, it is sixty dollars for a year. Yeah. So yeah. otherwise, it would have that would have also six increased. Um, but six months is so they didn't. They even, so, so it would've been one hundred twenty a year. Yeah. Yeah. Just to have the, the, yeah. Oh my God. Which it's like, you know, you could make an argument of like, well, they give you a lot of free games that come out, but it's like their game library is not near as good, which, except for this February, they're giving Gears 5 as part of the thing, which is kind of cool. So if you, you don't have Gears game Pass, 5 on the Game Pass. But if you don't have Game Pass, then you get Gears 5 for well, free. Why wouldn't you have the game? <laughs> it's more expensive. 
You're paying seventy dollars. Oh, I guess you, yeah, you yeah, yeah. Because if you want Game Pass on like with Xbox Live Gold plus Game Pass, it's fourteen ninety nine a month. Mm. So you're paying fifteen bucks a month times twelve. I see. So well over almost two hundred dollars, probably. Well, one fifty. Whatever. This was that is. stupid. This was stupid. It was <clears throat> literally stupid. It's well, like, hey, do you want some cool games? Go get the Game Pass yeah. with Xbox Live. Do you want just Xbox Live? Here you go. Yeah. Well, this is an example where I'm like, <clears throat> what they should do, in my mind, is just at this point they need to just eradicate Xbox Live Gold and just and, do game incentivize pass. Game Pass. Yes. Like have a tiered system, which is like you start out like no matter what with Game Pass, you get access to the Xbox Live content. Um, like, you know, you get the things, but to pay a little extra, you get the free games with it every month, or you get to get the full package of the ultimate, you get to play on PC or Xbox, play all the games across platforms, plus the free games. And that's 15 bucks a month. Yeah. And then they'd have that tiered subscription thing going on and it would, I, I don't know if, but financially, I don't know how much money they make off of Xbox live gold, just right. standalone. Right. So it may be such a huge number that it's like. I mean, if they got rid of it, they have to figure out how to reimburse, like get that money back. And that's the tricky part. But yeah, you would have to assume, well, I think you would. I think you would get it back. If you moved Xbox Live to the Game Pass and it increased the Game Pass price. Well, Xbox Live is in the Game Pass now if you get Ultimate. Right, right. So you don't have to pay extra for that. I see. Yeah. Oh, okay, there's no point. Yeah. So if I, so <laughs> like I, I pay $15 a month for Xbox Live <laughs> Ultimate, I get Xbox Live Gold, I get access to Game Pass on my, P, on my PC and my my uh xbox when i have it um all that comes included for that one bundle so i'm not paying the extra 60 dollars or whatever mm. so they have done that part which was a smart move to like bundle that with the ultimate pass yeah but um still like for people that are paying just like the 9.99 for the regular pass i mean 60 bucks a year like i guess really just forced to like just convince people to get the ultimate version yeah. but then if you don't have a pc then there's not as much incentive there, I guess. You can have two price prices. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of things to think about, but I really think they need to just find if they a way increased to all of these, get rid of this. All of this by five. It was sixty dollars for yeah. I don't know how you would. If somehow you integrated, if you buy the Xbox Live, you get the Game Pass, and you can unlock certain things as you progress. So like. For a year, I don't know. I haven't had enough time to think about all this, but I think there's a way to do it. Because you can get like just the place or the Xbox first party titles as like you have access to this if you get the general plan, right? And then if you want to upgrade to access a bunch of other free games, you could do that too and pay a little more. It's not first party title. Right. So. I don't know. There's something there that you can mess with. Anyway. So it's 180 for Xbox Live Ultimate or Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Okay. And it's what is that? I guess 160. No. Wait. Oh, it's the same price. So yeah, if you get Xbox Live Ultimate, you're paying the same price as if you had Xbox Live Gold That's plus easy. you had Game Pass. Oh, I see. So it's it's cuz it's $60 plus Ten dollars times twelve is you know one twenty yeah. plus sixty that's one eighty. So ultimate is basically the two combined mm. with no discount. Right. Um, but it's better just have a bundle one price. So yeah, it's like exactly. Yeah, but I guess that's their way of like okay, if you don't have a PC, you're basically get 
Well, again, it's like if you don't have a PC, it doesn't really matter because either way, you're going to have Game Pass plus this. Yeah. Why not just say you have Ultimate or you have this? Yeah. Like, why does this exist anymore? Exactly. And why do you want to pay on like a month to month basis? Because, I mean, honestly, it's like right. if you're paying just $10 pay for a month yeah. and you pay three months in a row, like at that point, you so spend $30, you're half. I think I don't know, I don't this know. has become the issue is that PlayStation, what are $60 a year, right? For Xbox, or for PS Plus. PlayStation Plus, and then you get all the free games that they have, the first part of titles. Like, I think that's a decent deal. Yeah. Right. But they have enough people buying into that that it's successful. They don't have to change the price. Xbox obviously is having some issues here. They're thinking about changing price. Yeah, I mean they don't have as many people as PlayStation. Well, it's um, weird because they give my, out more. They give out more free games with Xbox Live Gold, so technically it's a better deal. But the games aren't always as good. So, because yeah. you can um, do like sixty dollars a year, you get all the free games that get launched each year. Because you kind of do it like literally do it like PlayStation. You get first party titles and free games each year. Maybe for ten more dollars, you get to have access to a bunch of other games that aren't first party titles, right? And then you just stack stuff on like that. Isn't that just Game Pass? Well, yeah, that's talking about integrating into that. So, like for uh, for the PC, it would be ten dollars, right? For us, we yeah. get access to first party titles, but maybe they charge fifteen, and then you get access to all the other games that. Aren't oh, so if you so just want this, first party, it's ten dollars. To do this, just do Xbox Live. First party titles, free games each month, $60. Oh, okay. And then you could tack on whatever price you want to be like, well, now here's an access to all these other games like Netflix, like a Netflix thing. I just say get rid of Xbox Live Gold, make it free for everybody. If you want to get all the games, you buy Game Pass and that's it. Yeah. Well, 10 bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they need their Great. online service stuff. Anyway. Yeah. That's been way too long. I know. Anyway, so that is the stories of the week. There you have it, everybody. If you aren't subscribed to us yet on YouTube, you should check us out at youtube.com slash gamer. Uh, help us or give us a subscription to help us reach our goal of a thousand subscribers. We are literally, I think, at 898 right now, maybe yes, 899. We so we're very, very close to, we just need like 100 more. So just tell one, if 100 of you, which there's over 100 of you that listen to us, if all of you listen to us, and tell one friend to subscribe that you haven't told yet, we will reach our goal in like a week. So please do that. That'd be great. And stay tuned. We'll be right back for our discussion topic. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. Welcome back. Each week we dive into a hot topic about video games. Yes, that is right. It's a hot topic. And this week we are going to be talking about if you were stranded on a deserted island with only one game, what would that be? Austin, this is your topic. But we have three. <laughs> Where did this come from? I have one. Oh, you do? And then a runner-up, see? Oh, okay. Yeah. I have two. <laughs> yeah. So I had three, but yeah. Um, no, I was just thinking, like, there's always that question people ask, like, what movie would you take or what book would you take if you were stranded on a deserted island? And I feel like nowadays it's probably a really hard choice. Yeah. It's like a really hard choice. And I thought it'd be interesting to talk about. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Because I don't know which one you would take. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, like, because we all have different perspectives on how we think about this. Because, like, if you're stranded on a deserted island, it's like, there's a lot of factors. I mean, this is me, like, the so, questioner in my life where I'm like, okay, well, 
how long am I going to be here? Am I going to be here for five years, 10 years, 20 years, Forever. 70 years? You're never getting off. You know, what kind of internet resources do I have? Do I have access <laughs> to electricity? Yeah, you like, just... what are the things that are there? <laughs> Should I run my game list? going to run out of batteries. I don't know. So you just have the disc and or the little paper. That's all you have. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Assuming you, you're able to have a console and or PC or, or PC and you have internet connection with power. Okay. You have the whole setup. We can only take one game. Can I surf the internet? Uh, only if the console allows it. So probably not. Probably not. Probably just say that there's no surfing of the internet. There's no surfing of the internet. Because then I could like legally download video games okay, yes, of all I want. You can surf the internet because if... Uh, oh, I can surf the internet? Okay, well, I'm yeah. just going to get Game Pass and I change my mind. It's <laughs> <laughs> not a game, Brett. Hey, I have internet access. I can, I can get whatever I want. Well, buy not. Buy not. <laughs> Mine might not follow the, all the rules that I wanted to lay out, but you know Just what? Kidding. Fuck it. This is our discussion. This is how it's going to go. <laughs> yes. Okay. So one game that we can have on the desert island. We're here forever. Uh, we have internet, but we cannot get anything else but that one game. So um, I'm going to let you start because it's yours. So like, okay. what is that one game and why? So the reason I chose this game is because of the state that it is in now. And that's kind of the basis we're going off of. At least that's what my bases are. So the state that the game is in now. Again, I don't know if that changes your... I don't Yeah, okay. I'll have to hear you elaborate. Okay, so I picked Skyrim because I can mod the fuck out of it. It could be any game I want it to be. <laughs> okay. So that's why I picked Skyrim. It has all these mods. I can make it look this way or that way. I can make it look next-gen or... Freaking, I can put a sepia tone on it and make it look super old-timey. I can do whatever the fuck I want with it. Assuming I have internet connection and can download all these mods. So I can install a bazillion quests, a bazillion mods to go to different worlds. I can play that game forever. But Almost. technically, does that fundamentally change the game? And then technically you're now playing a different game. So therefore, That's you're no longer playing that game. This is my discussion <laughs> topic. <laughs> That's what I want it to be about. Well, it's broken. <laughs> Just kidding. All right, I guess as long as the mods are loaded up on the computer, yeah, that's fine. Then we're good to go. No, that's a, that's a, I mean that's a fair point. I mean it could yeah. be that way. And honestly, I mean like Skyrim has lasted the test of time more than most games. That, I mean it's obviously still been a short period of time that it's been out. Right. Like considering like dating back to like other games that have lasted long, like you know Mario Kart or whatever, which yeah. was on my list, and then I took it off. Nice. But um, yeah, that's interesting. Okay, so that's so Skyrim. I actually want to go back to Skyrim and try it now that my life has changed, you know, wow. like, and I, I've actually beaten RPGs now and yes. I've played them and I'm like, like I'm loving the fuck out of Valhalla. Like, I don't know why, really? but I'm like really into, I'm 27 hours into it now. Wow. And, um, I, You're, I've, yeah. I've hit that threshold where I'm like, I just want to keep going and see new stories. Like every like saga is different and like has some interesting like dynamics with different characters and like some of them are kind of dumb, but yeah. there's still a lot of, there's just a lot of stuff in this game. A lot to explore, and I'm like, okay, if this is like that, now I kind of want to go back to Skyrim and see if that changed my perspective. You're going to um, have a different experience. Yeah, but I need to mod the fuck out of it first so I have like better graphics and I all the stuff to... Yeah, yeah. You should, but I'm hesitant for you to do that because it's a pain in itself, and even then sometimes it breaks the game. So There's well, no just like one-click installs now where it's just like you just install a shit ton of mods and just make it work? There are those but i mean they're curated so you kind of for me it's like i know i can get whatever i want and i want to find the best of the best for me 
And so I don't like those. So the tinkering is like things. the interest for you as well. Exactly. Yeah. Halftime is like, oh, it works. What else can I put in here? Yeah. <laughs> How far can I push this game before it breaks on me? And then I have to restart. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. Oh, that. my gosh. So have you ever your, like monitored your like CPU and stuff like that as you're modding the game to see if it like drives up the temperatures really high because like you just have too uh, much processing happening? No, not at the time, but you could tell when it was struggling. Yeah. I, then again, I was on my 1070 at the time. Mm, okay. You had a 1070? 970. Oh, okay. I was like, wait, <laughs> did you? Uh, that happened? Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. Well, uh, mine, so I thought a lot about this. So I'll give you kind of like where my, my mind went. Seems kind of similar. Because I was like, yes, actually. Well, <laughs> sort no. But in yeah, a way. Yeah, kind, kind of yes. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, so like I was originally like, oh man, like, you know, first thing that came to mind, Mario Kart 64. Great game. I still play that game to this day. It's really cool. But I feel like if I'm by myself on a desert island, not as fun because I'm just playing with CPUs and it's not as exciting as when I'm with my friends and we're getting drunk and we're hanging out and doing right. all the things. And then I was like, well, what about like Battlefield? Like I love Battlefield. It's my favorite series of all time, but I don't ever want to go back to Battlefield 1942 that much. I mean, like it'd be cool for like nostalgia to go back to it, but it's not like I'm going to be playing it 20 years from now or 15 years from now or whatever. So then I started thinking about dreams and Dreams is a game that like I don't play a lot of anymore. Like, you know, I played the single player campaign. That was it. It was fine. I mean, I actually know it was really good. I loved it, but I haven't gone back much to it. Then I thought about it. I was like, I have internet access, and I'm here and I'm playing Dreams. What game is like the game of games? This is a game that not only can I get lost in like an infinite amount of games that people have created, but I can also sit there and I can spend as many hours as I want building my own game. If I'm on a desert island by myself, what else am I going to do? I'm going to eat coconuts. I'm going to create a fire. I'm going to take a shit. And I'm going to play Dreams. Okay. And then maybe go in the water a little bit. Yeah. But that's about it. I mean, that's what's going to happen. And, I mean, heck yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'll make a world that's like, I wish I was here in (laughs) Night City, not on an abandoned island. I thought you were going to say that you would get online and play other people's games. (laughs) Well, no, that too. That would be be there too. Yeah, I I play other people's games in that. But then also I can make my own game, which is also exciting. The more we get into this, the more I see all the flaws in this topic. <laughs> <laughs> we have internet connection, but we can't call anyone to save us. <laughs> we have uh, self-exiled ourselves, I guess. Yeah. In this. Well, let's so let's change the conversation okay. then. <laughs> if we had no internet connection, we had a console uh, or a PC yeah. that worked, will last forever, but could never connect to the internet. And you're on Desert Island. Now what is that game? Skyrim. <laughs> okay. It's so big. It's so big. I guess. Because um, although, like, you can put as many hours in that game as you want to. Yeah. Even with everything they have there. I bet yeah. you could put, like, well, eventually you would run out of t- things to do. So, yeah, I like it. Mine would be my runner up, which okay. is StarCraft. Man, you'd play that forever? I'd play that forever. Because that has like use map settings, which I mean like can be done local. Mm-hmm. So like I can like set up like AI to like do a bunch oh. of shit and then like play against them. Yeah. And then just like do that forever. Or I can also just play online and just like figure out different tactics and strategies to like attack the enemy and make it progressively harder. It's just it's a fun game to revisit and play and I mean, I would probably get bored after a while, but I mean, it's the only game I can play in my that's history. Right. So it's that's like, right. that's what I have to live with. Yeah. And that was a really good game. And I really enjoyed the time I had with it. And I, I feel like as much as I played that game, I never mastered it. So, 
Um, I could definitely sit there and play that forever. Yeah. Or maybe chess. I don't know. Maybe I should just get chess and just become the queen, the king's gambit. So the queen's gambit is <laughs> like. King's gambit. I was like, you're become a queen. <laughs> <laughs> well, my runner up was uh, Warzone because assuming I can play online, I think I could play that for quite a bit and yeah. get really good at it. Yeah. That'd be good. I mean, that's, that's a good one, but you have to have internet. Yeah, that'd be yeah, different. That'd be different. Yeah. Hey, guys, I'm stuck on an island. Don't worry about me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to play this for the rest of my life. Yep, yep. I'm just going to uh, be stuck here. I don't have any food or anything, but I can play this video game. <laughs> it's <yeah>. really good. <laughs> it's okay. I'm going to die eventually, yeah. but it's all good. I'm going to find these little, like, imaginary, play. like, boxes that have, like, <laughs> bananas in them, but I don't have bananas on my island anymore because I ate them all. Yeah. So that sucks, but, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Um, oh man, Animal Crossing would be a good one. I mean, imagine you're on a deserted mm-hmm. island, you're mm-hmm. making your own island. Yeah. In a game. Yeah. It's like is maybe there, it's lessons you can learn for the there, actual island. Is there? I guess you could do like endless dungeon or endless journey or whatever. Like those are technically don't end, right? Yeah. I guess something like that. A game that doesn't end. No Man's Sky. That's true. That could be an interesting game. Yeah, but there's not much to it. You just build and that's it. I know, but For it's me, endless. That's not, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you just start over again. I mean, it's not much to Skyrim. You just slash people. <laughs> There's story there and people yeah. talk to. All Talking right, what, heads. What did the community pick? Just kidding. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so the community, we have a couple of things. So we just asked the community this question. Actually, I first br- I first framed it incorrectly and said, uh, if you could play any game forever, what would that game be? Uh, which, I mean, I guess Desert Island is kind of the same deal, but I didn't put any yeah. caveats of like, oh, you don't have internet, you don't have this, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, we had a couple people come in and say things like um, Maple Story, for example, okay. was one. So I like it. I like Maple it. Story was really was, was a popular one, which I, I played a little Maple Story. I wasn't a big fan of it, but it does have endless opportunities in that game. Yeah. Uh, Rust was submitted, uh, which a lot of people in our community play Rust. So that's a game that really know. has lasted the test of time. Yes, yeah, seriously. I didn't realize that every week they reset the server and it's a whole new generated map. Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah. So they every guys on our server go and build up their map and build up their base and gather all this stuff throughout the week. And then at the end of the week, they lose it all and do it all over again. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Well, there you go. That's crazy. It never ends. But they have, like, the way that they have their, their uh, I won't get into it. I'll I guess that's kind of nice, though, because, like, that's a game where you can attack other players. Yeah. So it gives it, like, fresh opportunity for everybody to, like, start from zero and have to figure out how to, like, fight off. I mean, you never have one group that's, like, getting ultra strong because exactly. they have this massive-ass base they've been building for the last 10 years. Exactly. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. But imagine if they didn't reset the servers and you did have all those communities uh, that were built up over the years. Oh, yeah. Like, people started forming alliances. Well, of like, I want to join this yeah. group because they have the most badass base. And they can become dictators in the world. It's crazy. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. Uh, another pick was Counter Strike, which good pick, but I, I mean, that's again, it's one that has like results on having online access all the time. Yeah. And uh, Counter Strike, it's like I love Counter Strike, but man, I definitely don't think I could play that for eternity. But it has lasted way longer than I thought it would. Yes. I mean, really D Dust is still a badass map to go back to just to yep. experience that man. in its greatness and all that stuff. Like it's shocking. And then last but not least, we have Halo Master Chief Collection, which is a good pick. It's a collection. You get to play all the different Halos and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I just wasn't a big fan of Master Chief Collection because it's just Halo felt like it lost some of its luster. Yeah, I agree After with that. a while. I agree with that. Well, when they redid it, they didn't really change the way that it feels when you move and the controls either. Like, they're right. all the same. So it's like, <clears throat> 
we've come so far from Halo yeah. and how we used to control FPSs. Which I'm worried about that in Mass Effect's uh, remastered collection, like playing a uh, Mass Effect One. Oh yeah, because like there was you know it was like isolated little like pockets of areas that you'd like drop into, and like the yeah. gunplay was kind of shitty, and there was just like empty worlds. I'm curious to see how they'll approach Oof. that. I'm sure they'll do something for that. I hope so. Anyway, yeah, cool. Well, Drain on Desert Island. Austin picked Skyrim. I picked Dreams. Runner ups are Warzone and Starcraft, and then um, those are decent. Yeah, pretty good stuff. So yeah, I like it. Definitely, definitely check that out. I mean, like, heck, like, in dreams, you can dream up whatever you want. You can play yeah, Avatar exactly. in dreams. I mean, you have forever. Yeah, you have <laughs> forever. It's magical. Um, all right, well, that's going to wrap up our discussion this week. We had a lot of long discussions prior to this. So we're making this one nice, short, and simple. Uh, if you want to contribute to next week's segment, you can join us on our Discord channel. Link in the show notes. We'll have a guest on next week, so I'm very excited for that. So stay tuned for when that drops. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, we're going to be right back with our upcoming video game releases. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. Looking forward to next week, let's talk about our upcoming video game releases. On January 28th, before we switch into the February month, we have The Medium coming on an Xbox Series X and PC. This is the first like new IP mainline title coming to the next generation Xbox. Discover a dark mystery only a medium can solve. Explore the real world and the spirit world at the same time. Use your psychic abilities to solve puzzles spanning both worlds. Uncover deeply disturbing secrets and survive encounters with the Maw, an entity born from an unspeakable tra- tragedy. This is a third-person psychological horror game that features an innovative dual-reality gameplay, unique art style, and original soundtrack co-composed by don't, people that I even, can't pronounce. Don't even, don't even pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> and then on into February, yes, we have a new month coming very, very soon. February 2nd, we have two games dropping. Harvest Moon One World comes on the Switch. Take a trip around the world and lays entry in the long-running Harvest Moon series. Can you imagine a world without cabbage, tomatoes, or even carrots? Believe it or not, that's the world you'll find in the beginning of Harvest Moon One World. As a harvest goddess, the queen of crops herself has vanished. However, before the harvest goddess disappeared from the world, she imbued the tiny harvest wisp with her knowledge of various seas, ensuring the various fruits and vegetables of the world would not be lost. Fun fact about this game. uh, Some people think that Harvest Moon, this is the Harvest Moon that was like the OG Harvest Moon. But I heard on a podcast the other day that the developers of this game is not the same as the developers that made the original Harvest Moon. The IP traded hands at some point, and this is a new development team. Wow. And there's another game coming out two weeks later called Story of Seasons that is Harvest Moon, basically, by the original development team. But they didn't have the rights to the name anymore, so they made a new name. So if you're buying this game because you played the original Harvest Moon, you're being duped because it's not the creators of Harvest Moon. (laughs) Who would have thought? But it's a similar type of game, so Interesting. interesting. And then also on the second, we have Yakuza Like a Dragon coming to the PS5. Yes, this game came out last year, but I just had to mention this because this game sounds really cool and I want to play it. But you play a character, a brand new character to the Yakuza series. So this is like a way to come in fresh to the series because all the previous ones had one character. Mm -hmm. This is a brand new dude. He's a low-ranking grunt of a low-ranking Yakuza family in Tokyo facing an 18-year prison sentence after taking the fall for a crime he didn't commit. Never losing faith, he loyally serves his time and returns to society to discover that no one was waiting for him on the outside, and his clan has been destroyed by the many man he respected most. This character sets out to discover the truth behind his family's betrayal and take his life back, drawing a ragtag group of society's outcasts to his side. 
a rogue cop, a homeless ex-nurse, a hostess on a mission. Together, they're drawn in a conflict brewing beneath the surface in Yokohama and must rise to become the heroes they never expected to be. I'm definitely going to buy this game because I've heard nothing but good things. Like, it's nice. like high praise. Like, I think it's got a 10 out of 10, like out, overwhelmingly positive on uh, Steam right now. Like, it's getting really good reviews. Wow. Yeah. Doesn't so. seem like my kind of game, but, you know, can't deny it. Basically reviews. GTA, but Asian. Cool. Yeah. Even better. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up our show this week. Be sure and check us out next Tuesday for more from your favorite video game podcast. If you like what you hear, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And uh, don't forget to join us every Wednesday on our stream at 7 p.m. Central Time. And if you want to support our show, you can donate on our website over at theinnergamer.net. All donations go towards making the podcasts, videos, and streams even better. You can also join in on the conversation over on our Discord channel, so check out the show notes for that link. And as always, if you cannot contribute monetarily, please take time to share this episode with a friend, family member, or loved one. The more eyes we get in front of our content, the faster we grow, and it helps more than you know. So thank you for continuing to support. I'm Austin Morales. And I'm Brayton Oski. And we're back, bitches. <laughs> See y'all next week.